Welcome to episode number 87 of the Water and Stone Church podcast. We'd like to share with you our Sunday worship service for October 7th, 2018. The lesson title is Blessing. It's the first of the series Inside Out, which takes us through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. The miracle happens when we decide to stop waiting and start being the blessings in our lives. So our scripture today is Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You know this one. I pick ones that we know a lot of the time because I want to go to a place that we've been but end up in some place different together. You know what I mean? You know this one. And depending on where you've been, a piece of scripture like that might have been used to justify some kind of an inspiration. Let's go do this thing. Or it might have been used to justify keeping you quiet. It's good to be hungry. It's good to have emptiness in your life. You're supposed to be miserable. People have used it for both things and everything in between. So the question about this and maybe in some ways the question about life in general is, okay, so what does it mean? What? What's going on there? It's a good question. We're at the beginning of a new series, and the series is called Inside Out. And it's about the Sermon on the Mount. This is the time. This is the beginning. The Beatitudes are at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And this is the time when Jesus shows up and says, All right, guys, here it is. Let me lay it all out for you. And if you understand a little piece of what he was talking about in the Sermon on the Mount, you understand a big piece of how life is supposed to work, about who you are and about the whole deal, life, the universe, and everything. And in and through everything, The message in this sermon, the message in these Beatitudes, the message that Jesus brings is we're going to take everything you know and turn it upside down and inside out. If you want a life that works, it's very probable and more than possible that the answer is to take it and turn it. Do it different. And this is a very big deal because... When Jesus talked about these beatitudes, these are the beatitudes, the blessed are thou's, the things to go and do. We start with the action step. And of course, if you've been to Toastmasters, that's wrong. You're supposed to give the behavioral imperative at the end. I'm not one to judge. But it's wonderful to have these beatitudes. Go be this thing. Because when he gave this sermon, he was talking to a group of people who were profoundly familiar with the Ten Commandments. You know those. Maybe you don't know them by heart, but what you do know probably is is those are the thou shalt nots, the don't do that, the you shall not pass sort of moments of, uh, of Scripture. Don't do that thing. That's great. It's important. I mean... You can get far with don't do that thing. Remember when you were a kid? Don't touch the cat while she's eating. This isn't how we behave in our family. Don't cross the street. Don't do this thing. Don't, don't, don't. There is a level at which do not do that thing can be really helpful. I am told on a pretty regular basis, stop that, that doesn't go there. Get out of the kitchen. But we won't talk about that any more than that. It's okay. You can get a long way with don't, but you can't get all the way. Because don't doesn't tell you who you are. 
I mean, uh, where do you want to go for dinner? I don't know. Well, do you want Chinese? No. Do you want Italian? No. This is the beginning of a long night, and no one's happy at the end of it. You can't get all the way to where you want to go with I'm not and thou shall not. It doesn't work that way. We need something to fill the space. We, it's important to say no. It's important to have that moment of denial where we take out the garbage. But you need an affirmation. You need a yes to go along with the no. So who am I? What am I? That's where this comes in. Uh, Moses gives us the law. Jesus tells us how to live it. That's how this works. That's the balance. And like I said, the thing with all of these Beatitudes and the thing with the whole Sermon on the Mount and the thing with the whole ministry of Jesus Christ is I am here to mix this whole thing up, to turn it upside down and inside out. That's what we're going to do together in one way or another. I mean, blessed are the meek. They get the earth. What? I wasn't raised with that. I was supposed to beat people up and take what's mine. I'm on Facebook. That's what you're supposed to do over and over again. And just like now and then, that's the message. But over and over again, Jesus says, no, it's not that. It's the opposite of that. And I'll tell you something. The opposite is precisely what we need. I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people who are doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. And you know as well as I do what that's the definition of. It don't make sense. It ain't sane to do the same thing over and over again and expect something different. There are people who say, I'm going to keep doing this job that makes me feel like a loser, and if I do it enough, I'll eventually feel like a winner. Good luck. I'm going to be in this dysfunctional relationship, and eventually we will come to a place of functionality. Good luck. Enjoy therapy. And that's okay, but it ain't all the way to okay. You know what I mean? You can't do the same thing over and over again. You can't practice misery over and over again and come to a place of happiness. It doesn't work that way. And so for, to those people, I would say the answer is do it differently. That's what we're talking about. Turn it inside out and watch what happens with what's left. There's beauty in that. There's honor in that. And there's mystery and wonder in that. Turn it upside down. But let me put all that a different way. And this is important. You ready? This is a big deal. Everybody is doing the best they can with the rules that they've got. Everybody is doing the best they can with the rules that they've got. It's the truth. When you start out as a little baby... You start making your rule book about how life works. And you learn certain things. This is what makes people happy. This is how we behave. This doesn't work so well. Don't put SpaghettiOs on the cat. I've learned this. It's in the book, right? Over and over again, you're making your little rule book. And it goes on through your whole journey. This is what works. This is what doesn't. And you're writing constantly. Even now, you are adding to that rule book. Some people have some rules in there that aren't so awesome, <laughs> to use technical terminology. Forgive my jargon. Some people have decided, oh, this dysfunctional thing, this is how I get self-esteem in this family. Oh, this thing that makes me feel weird, this is how I get through the day. There are people who do that. Bless their hearts. And I don't know about you. I got a couple of pages in there. I've had to take in a race or two. Rip out, maybe. That's okay. But again, 
people are doing the best they can with the rules that they've got. And if you really know that, you can get to a place of forgiveness because you can go, okay, you so-and-so. Probably you don't use the word so-and-so, but we're in church. Okay, you whatever. You're doing the best you got with the rules you got. So am I. You can come to a place of a little bit of forgiveness, but we're not going to stay in that place of, I'm not okay, you're not okay. But here's what I want you to know. Sometimes it's really easy to go, oh, that person, if they would just work harder. People are doing the best they can with the rules they've got. It's not a matter of them working harder. It's a matter of changing the rules. It's about showing them, you know what? You don't have to live a life that, that has misery as one of the key ingredients. You don't have to live a life that makes other people feel weird because you feel weird. It's about questioning the rules. It's about changing the rules. It's about doing it different. It's about turning the whole thing upside down and inside out. Jesus was somebody who kicked over the tables. Maybe it's time for just a little bit of that in a little piece of your life. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I got some of it. Stuff happens to turn things around. And you go, oh, right now I don't feel so great about this, but okay, I get it. I'm going to ride this out. I get it, I needed this shaken up, okay. But a big piece of that, the beginning of that is facing it and recognizing that there is room for something to be different. Blessed are they who hunger. It's okay to find a place where, oh, you know what, I gotta fix this thing. This place has to grow. This thing has to change. There is hunger in my life that needs to be fed and this is a big deal because there are so many people who don't know that they're allowed. They think that it's like being ungrateful to God. They've got this Oliver Twist relationship with God where they're afraid to ask for more, please. I like that. I went right into the accent. It's pretty cool. Where they think, if I, if I, if I act like there's, there's, there's room to be fixed and maybe I'm not so good and maybe, maybe I'm supposed to count my blessings. Now, we say count our blessings to our children because we know that counting your blessings is the beginning of a whole new round of blessings. But it might be that you grew up with somebody that said, count your blessings, which is a fancy way of saying, shut up. Count your blessings. In other words, you might not get any more. Count your blessings. In other words, don't act like there's any room for anything to change. Pretend like it's all okay right now. That's tricky, though. Can you imagine raising a kid, and no matter what they did, you just went, oh, that's fine. No matter what they did. Because if you've ever been around a child, you know they test the fences like a velociraptor. They're always trying to find where the weaknesses are. They're trying to figure out where the boundaries are. Kids need boundaries. They need you to go, you know what, that wasn't so awesome, and I love you so much that I'm going to tell you so. It's important. Can you imagine raising a kid and just going, fly, fly, play with the, you know, the electrical cords, you know, or whatever. Not good, not good parenting. Can you imagine being in a relationship with somebody and they do that one thing that's really irritating, like how they load the dishwasher or the thing when they put their foot and it's cold at night and you don't tell them because you want to be cool or something? They're never going to stop doing it because they don't know. And it's not their fault. It's important to say, you know what, we're going to grow through this. <laughs> Big or small, we're going to grow through this. Big or small, no, blessed are they who hunger for better stuff. Nothing wrong with that because that hunger is the beginning of the healing. That's why it's the first step in the 12 steps. Admit there's a problem so you can fix it. This is big. 
And I think we can all agree about that. And yet there's a lot of people who say they agree with that, but they are fixated on that four-letter word, you know, the F word, fine. You were thinking of a different one, weren't you? Fine. How you doing? I'm fine. Isn't it interesting that the other meaning of the word fine is a thing you pay? You pay a fine? It's a transaction. How are you doing? Fine. I paid you. Let's move on. Isn't that funny? Or maybe not so funny. People are fixated with it. I'm okay. There is no nothing. I'm not talking about any of this. People spend so much time crafting the perfect Facebook post or Instagram picture of, I am living my best life. Oprah says so. And people work so hard at crafting that that it's easy to watch somebody else's social media feed or the way they behave in a conversation or how they carry themselves in their public persona or whatever it is. It's easy to believe that everybody else has everything handled and I don't. You ever been awake in the middle of the night, you just can't sleep for whatever reason, and you feel like you're the only person on the planet who's awake? You ever felt that way? There are people who live their lives that way, where everybody else seems to have it all dialed in, but not me. And because it's a not me, maybe I need to keep quiet about that. But keeping quiet about that is the beginning of not fixing it. <laughs> Blessed are they who hunger. Blessed are they who say, you know what? There is a place of peace inside me, but this ain't fine. I'm not paying this anymore. We're going to fix this, whatever it is. Blessed are they who hunger. But blessed are they who don't stay in the hunger. This is important. Some people get past the first step where they admit there's a problem, but they really find comfort in that second step where they just live in the problem. You know what I mean? You talk to them, how are you doing? Not fine. Everything is broken. Everything is on fire. Isn't it awesome? People trade their miseries like baseball cards sometimes. Well, that's not what I'm talking about either. Sometimes people stop at the beginning of Jesus' statement like walking out at the beginning of a movie. Blessed are they who hunger. Good, I'm out. That's all I needed. So I'm just going to stay hungry all the time. And some people have used that piece of scripture to justify all kinds of misery, like somehow it makes you noble. Do you think Jesus, who healed the sick and raised the dead and fed the hungry and set everybody free, do you think that Jesus meant for you to be miserable all the time, that that was the point of that? We know better than that. we got to have a better situation than that. There's three parts to it. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So you have a choice. Do I identify with the hunger or do I identify with the fulfillment? And that choice is going to say everything about the kind of life you have. But I know who you are, and so do you. The other night, I was out to dinner with my son. I'm so blessed I get to hang out with this guy. Just me and my boy. We were having dinner. We are getting ready to see a movie. Don't see The Predator. Not a good film. We knew it wasn't going to be good when we went in. That's kind of why we saw it. But anyway, we're at this place to eat real quick before the movie. And I could see over Miles' shoulder. So I was talking to him, but I could see motion. Right over his shoulder, there was a little place where you could go and fill your water glass and get salt and ketchup and napkins and whatever, you know, like they have. And there was a little basil plant. And the idea was you could get a leaf off it and put it on your pizza. Kind of cool. I like that. But not too far from us was this family. And this family was the loudest family on the planet. 
They were speaking a language that I could not decipher, but it was ultimately a love language. It was loud, and it was awesome, and it was life, you know? It was so loud that Miles and I had to raise our voices, and I thought it was so cool to see that because I grew up in a family where we sat around a table all feeling bad about existing. So these people just celebrating stuff was so awesome. It was beautiful. And there was this little girl, I bet she was about seven years old. I kept seeing her go by right over Miles' shoulder. And she would go and she would just get a little bit of water so she could keep coming back. She'd go get her water and she'd take a leaf and eat it. Drink your water, go back, get a leaf, eat it. And she kept doing it. And I thought that was the best thing in the world because she was getting away with something. Now, she wasn't doing chocolate. She wasn't eating sugar packets, which is what I would have done. Don't judge but she was just doing that thing. And I love that youthful exuberance. I love that moment of I'm doing a thing and this is just me and nobody else knows I'm doing it because she didn't know I could see her. But more than that, on a spiritual level, she is acting out something that's true about all of us. You and I and everybody, we have this desire to ground, to connect, to take something on the outside and make it a part of us, to be a part of this growing thing that is life. You and I have a hunger in our hearts that must be filled. Life gets better when we identify with it. So ask yourself, of the way that I behave, can you tell what I want? Because some people act like they want misery. Some people act like they want everything to hold still and yet life moves on. Some people act like they want all kinds of nutty stuff. Based on how I act, can you tell what I want? Because here's the thing, boys and girls. You can go to every class, every church, read every book, be with every guru. You can listen to every book on tape. You can own the entire catalog of Enya's compact discs. And nothing will change for you until you change what you want. Nothing will change for you until you change what you want. But once you change what you want, everything else changes immediately, instantly, magically. Change what you want and you will change your life. Let me put that another way. If there's only one presence and one power, if there's just God, the Bible says, at the beginning, God talking to Adam and Eve, whatever you name, that's what you're going to get. In Proverbs, it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you, what you claim is what you're going to experience. Jesus says, God knows what you ask before you ask it over and over again. Beginning, middle, and end of the Bible, we're told over and over again, God is listening. And it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's a lot, so let me boil it down. Every moment... Every moment, every thought, every word, every action, every feeling, every moment is a wish. And every wish is granted. Every moment is a wish and every wish is granted. But majority rules, right? So it's not just that one wish on Sunday morning where we wish for peace and love. It's also the wish that's made in traffic and the wish when you go to HR and the wish when you're dealing with your in-laws. And every wish is granted on some level, on a heart level. So ask yourself, <laughs> with that thing I just said, what am I wishing for? With the way that I carry myself around people, what am I wishing for? Jesus said, blessed are they who hunger and thirst, blessed are they who wish for righteousness. What is righteousness? That word gets used to, as a synonym for being judgmental. 
to condescend? Do you think that's what Jesus meant? Probably not. You know this because we've all been through this before. Righteousness means right useness. You know that, right? We talked about this 101 table stakes level stuff. Right use. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst to use it right. Who wish to have it work right. Who wish to use this life stuff, this love stuff, this beauty stuff that, God's, that God gives us right. So the question from there is, well, what does that look like? Glad you asked. But you already know the answer. Because you have seen an artist at work in one way or another. Yesterday morning, Jenny made pancakes. It was amazing. And the way I help is I sit in the kitchen because I will mess it up. And occasionally she hands me stuff to stir, but mostly you do that the way you would give it to a little kid. Here, stir this three times and give it back to me, Scooter, because you're going to break this. And I know it. She knows it. It's all right. We're cool with this. So I stir a little bit and hand it over. But... You've got this power, Jenny, to, you look at the thing, and you go, oh, you know, that's not the right color. I'm going to add a little bit of this. That doesn't smell right. It doesn't taste right. It doesn't feel right. It should have a different consistency. That needs to cook a little longer. All of these things are way off the recipe. I have no clue how you do it. There's a feel. Michelangelo said that when he looks at a block of marble, there's an angel sculpture inside, and all he's doing is letting it out. It tells him what it needs to be. When you work with a mechanic who's fixing an engine, they can tell by the way it feels, by the way it sounds, if it's working right or not. It tells them what it needs to be. Every artist works that way. Your life can be a work of art if you listen, if you let it tell you what it needs to be. The formula for righteousness, are you ready? When my desire to live like a child of God is greater than my desire for ego. I'm on the path of righteousness. When my desire to live like a child of God is greater than my desire for ego, that's what righteousness looks like. It means identifying with the solution and not the problem. Guys, stuff happens, but it can't tell you who you are. <sighs> stuff happens. It's okay to confront it. The formula is face it, and own it and live it. Face it and own it and live it. Stuff happens. Face it. Don't act like it's not happening. And don't decide that that's the only truth about you. Face it. Yesterday I was at Bailey's birthday party. And there was a time when I got to go over to the playground with a couple of kids. Because mostly I wanted to go over to the playground. And there happened to be kids there. But we won't talk about it. Don't judge. And there's this part of the playground that's about six, seven feet up in the air, and it's between two structures. Did you see it? I don't know if you saw it. But as a three-foot-tall person, that's like three stories up, you know what I mean? And there's this place where you have to let go and step out because you can't grab both places at the same time. And as an adult, both I was afraid for the kids and I kind of wanted to do it. You know that, that wonderful uh, juxtaposition that can get you in a lot of trouble? But sure enough, the two kids I was with, and there were some other kids playing in the program, right there, that's the only thing they wanted to do, is the dangerous thing, the adventure thing. That's who you are. We love stories of adventure, not because it's a story about fantasy, a story about something that we're not. We love adventure because you are an adventurer. You have faced a moment of adventure, whether it's a divorce or a mortgage or a marriage or a birth or a transition or a job interview or a whatever it is or a playground. You are an adventurer. And stuff happens. Face it like a kid faces a playground. 
face it. There is something to fix and own it. And by that, I mean it's easy when you go, yeah, there's a problem out there. Those people, those people that vote differently than me, those people who, ooh, I saw them on the news one time. We need to protect ourselves from those people. Those people are us. Here's the thing. If my problem is out there, then the solution is out there somewhere, and it's never where I need it to be. Own it. Decide, you know what? I feel this hunger. Where do I feel it? Out there? In the media? In here. Own it. Decide that that hunger is something that happens in me, and I'm going to do something about it right now. Let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me. Just like Chief Joseph said, the fighting stops with me. The love starts here. Own it and live it. Decide to be the blessing. Decide to identify with the solution. What does the fulfillment of the hunger look like in your life? How can you be the food, so to speak, in your life? How can you find something in your life? When people say, I've got all these problems, I'm poor and I'm sick and I came from a weird family and I've got this stuff, I'll tell you what I see. I can imagine what God sees and so can you, but I can tell you for sure what I see. I see a sleeping giant. And every moment, every problem, every shortcoming is a little wake-up call. And the giant stirs. And something will happen to wake up the giant, to wake up the answer, to wake up the adventurer, to wake up the hero, to wake that up so that you can be the blessing in your life. The world is waiting. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled and they will be the fulfillment for our world. The world is waiting for your story, for your adventure, for your moment, for your freedom. Because, after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. This is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for listening to that Sunday lesson, and I want to thank you for being part of our virtual church family. If you'd like to know more about what we're doing at Water and Stone Church, the easiest thing to do is go to our website, waterandstonechurch.com. There's all kinds of amazing content. There's blog posts and videos and other episodes of this podcast and just all kinds of great things. And especially there's a calendar of events. We're always doing amazing uh, service projects in the community, all kinds of classes and services. Go to our website and find out how you can be a part of it. You can also text I am ready to 84576. That's all one word, I A M R E A D Y to 84576. It's a great way to get a once a week message about what we're up to. That's how we do our newsletter and special events and stuff like that. It's a great way to be in the loop. This podcast and everything that we do at Water and Stone is supported by you. And what that means is there's a lot of little things you can do to help us keep the lights on around here. If you go to the website, once again, waterandstonechurch.com, you can find out how to give electronically. You can find out how to shop at Amazon in such a way that benefits the church at no extra cost to you. Really and truly, though, the best way to support what we're doing is to help spread the word. Repost this. Tweet it. Like it on Facebook. Find our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter. We've got two amazing YouTube channels. Go find those and like and subscribe and share. That's huge for us. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes or whatever, please give us a five-star review. That really helps as well. But at the end of the day, 
There's nothing like being there with us in person. Come join us at 11 a.m. every Sunday at the beautiful Harbor Hall. That's part of the University of South Florida's St. Pete campus. The street address is 1000 Third Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida. Every Sunday at 11 a.m., there is a sense of family, a feeling of community, an uplifting lesson, music like you've never heard anywhere, and a life-changing message. It's time for a new life for you and a new world for all of us.